0: Matthew chapter 24, Matthew chapter 25, Jesus is, he's talking about the end times, um, and he, he begins, after he describes what the end times would be like, he shares four stories, or the Bible word for that is parables, he uses four stories to tell his disciples how they should respond to the last days, how they should be ready for the last days. So here's number three. If we're going to be ready for Jesus to return, we need to be faithful and wise people. If we're going to be ready for Jesus to come back, we need to be faithful and wise. What does that mean? Matthew chapter 24, verse 45, Jesus tells us what that means. He says, Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of, of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time. So in other words, Jesus is saying, who will be a faithful and wise servant of God who will do what they're supposed to with what they have? That's what he's asking. That's what it means to be faithful and wise. Will you do what you're supposed to do with what you've been uh, given, right? He says, it will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns, doing what they're supposed to do. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all of his possessions. So sometimes we're, we're over here praying, asking God for more. We're praying and asking God, God, I just don't know why I, I, just, I haven't seen more of you in my life. Well, what are you doing with what he's already given you? He says, if you want more from God than be faithful and wise, be doing what you're supposed to be doing with what he's given you already, he says, then he will put him in charge of everything, right? So we're getting the picture of what it means to be faithful and wise, uh, how we can live ready for Jesus' return. We're actively doing what God has asked us to do. Can I just say, the world needs more faithful and wise Christians. The world has enough uh, fruit flakes Christians. You know what I mean? Frosted flakes We don't need any more of those. We don't need any more grape nut Christians. We need faithful and wise Christians. Christians who do what they say they're going to do. Christians who show up on time, who don't try to cut out early. Christians who do their very best. Christians who are all in no matter what it costs. In fact, in Psalms 15, the writer says, Lord, who can dwell in your presence? God, who can be in your house? And he, he, one of the things he says over the next couple of verses, he says, the one who can be in your house is the one who keeps his word even when it hurts. We need more faithful and wise Christians in this world. Jesus would continue, verse 40, 48, but suppose that servant is wicked, and he says to himself, my master is staying away a long time, and then he begins to beat his fellow servants and begins to eat and drink with drunkards. Right? We know that in the last day, the wise and faithful generation will, will lead many into the family of God. But here we see the picture of the opposite happening, right? Uh, I think it's so interesting that Jesus, he didn't say someone outside of the family will lead people away. He didn't say someone who doesn't know God, someone who's far from God will lead people away into wrong things. No, he's saying in the same language that he's talked about the servant who is faithful and wise. Hey, hello, we are the servant in the story. Us, Christians, followers of Jesus, we are the servant. So he's saying there will be people in the church. There will be Christians, people who confess the name of Jesus who will lead people astray. We've got to be faithful and wise. How are we faithful and wise? Doing what God has called us to do. Are we doing what we're supposed to do with what God has already given us? So this was a believer. They didn't put what they heard into action. Good sermon today. Thanks for that, Pastor. And then they went right back to the way they were. They, it, the Bible says, don't just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word. We've got to put the word to work, put it to practice in our lives. This person, he says, they became deceived because they didn't do what they heard, and they led others to do the same. Uh, make no mistake. Wherever you are in life, you have influence over others. What is influence? Influence is influence. It's affecting other people's lives. So, how are you using your influence? Parents, how are you influencing your children? Sometimes we influence our children by telling them they're gonna be just like all the other generations of the past of our family and that's just all they can ever be. Come on, that's influence. You are influencing them. But what if we begin to influence them by every day instead of speaking death over them, we would lay our hands on them and bless them and speak life into them and influence them. Hey, you're gonna do great things. You're gonna go farther than I ever could. We begin to influence them towards the things of God. Come on, somebody. What if, how are we influencing people? Are we influencing people to gossip? Or to honor others? Are we influencing people to answer the call of God on their lives? Or are we influencing people towards comfort instead or to do what makes them happy? Are we influencing others to faithfulness or to selfishness? We are influencing. And how are we influencing? Are we faithful and wise? Look what Jesus said would happen to this person who leads people the wrong way. The master of that servant will come on a day he does not expect. The day, the return of the Lord. And at an hour, he is not aware of. So he's not living ready for Jesus' return. Y'all see that, right? He's not living faithful and wise. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Another place in scripture uses that same language, weeping and gnashing of teeth, to describe hell. So he's saying there will be people that miss it because they become deceived into thinking that they are something that they are not. Right, These people will be so self-absorbed, they won't realize what God is doing, they'll be so deceived, they won't understand God's word, and they will end up eternally separated because they think they have faith, but they have no action behind it. And we know James tells us, he says, faith without what? Works. Faith without action is dead. We've got to do what we know we're supposed to do with what God has trusted in. If we're going to be ready, we need to be faithful and wise people. Here's the next one, number four. If we're going to be ready for Jesus' return, we need to be alert, right? We need to be alert to the return of Jesus, but it's just more than that. Just just saying, yeah, okay, I'm alert to Jesus coming back. We need to be alert every day to the tactics of our spiritual enemy. You have a spiritual enemy, the devil, and he's trying to take you out. We need to be alert to the health of our spirit, soul, and body. Come on. You need to be alert to the changing of our world and what's going on so that we can respond and pray appropriately. We need to be alert to what the Spirit of God is speaking to us. Through His Word, He guides us when He speaks to us through the spiritual leaders in His life. Listen, if we are not alert to the voice of God, we can miss vital instructions. God is speaking all the time. He's giving us instructions. Don't go to that store today. Don't turn down that street today. And sometimes it's just that still small voice on the inside of you, and we don't know the reason. Sometimes we don't even know the outcome, but we just know if we'll listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. i uh, give you an example, because uh, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to lead us and give us instruction in the big, but also in the small things that don't seem that important. Uh, one time I was, coming, uh, to a, uh, uh, I was preparing my bag because uh, I had to do some physical work. I knew I was going to be sweaty, but I had a meeting afterwards and I needed to have some nice clothes too. So I was packing my bag with my nice clothes and I just felt this nudge in my spirit bring an extra belt. <sighs> That's a crazy thought. I'm not, I already, I'm, I'm wearing a belt. It'll be fine. I'm just going to use the same belt. I don't need to bring an extra belt. So guess what? Didn't bring the belt. I do what I need to do. I'm getting changed and ready to go. I go to buckle my belt, and you know what? That bu- the belt just falls apart in my hands. The buckles—it does not. It's not going to go back together. It just broke in my hands. Now I've got no belt to go meet with these people. in This important meeting. I believe that was the Holy Spirit just speaking to me because He knows. Like, look, look good, feel good, preach good. You know what I'm saying, like. When you look good, you just feel better. You walk different when you don't. You know what I'm saying? Like the Holy Spirit cares about the little things too. And if we're alert to his voice, he will speak to us all of the time, right? I believe he'll also give us words of wisdom, words of knowledge, hey, start this kind of business. When there's problems going on, if you'll be in tune with the Holy Spirit, he'll give you an answer that you couldn't have figured out and other people don't have access to because you're in tune with the Holy Spirit, right? We need to be alert. Matthew chapter 25, verse one, Jesus gives us his second parable about the end times. He says, at that time, what time? The end times, right? So when Jesus comes back, that's the time he's talking about. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. I want to be on the wise side. Anybody with me? Okay. So let's see how they're distinguished. The foolish ones took lamps but did not take any oil. The wise ones took oil in their jars along with their lamps. They were alert. They were prepared for what was coming. So there's a very clear distinction here between a wise person and a foolish person. Though foolish people are unaware and ill-prepared. And Jesus would go on to finish telling his story how the master, the bridegroom, was away a long time and it got to be late in the night and they all got sleepy and fell asleep. And then in the middle of the night, the bell rang out, the bridegroom is coming, and they all woke up and the five who were prepared put the oil in their lamp and turned their lamp on and were welcomed into the celebration, a.k.a. heaven. The five who didn't have oil couldn't get their lamps going and missed out on the celebration, could not get in the celebration. We've got to be alert. We've got to be ready for Jesus to return. Look what he said at the end of the story. He said, therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. We've got to be alert. We've got to be ready. Sometimes we're like the ones who didn't pack the oil. We want the outward appearance of the one who's prepared, right? We want the, the look, to the part. We want to seem faithful without being faithful. We want to look like we're the hero, but we showed up an hour late. You know what I'm saying? We want to look spiritual, but, you know, like we, maybe we've memorized a few scriptures, but really we never pray. Really we never spend any time alone with God, But we want to look like, we want people to think that about us. We're ill-prepared for his return, right? Some, you know, even when people want to seem spiritual, but they refuse to put themselves under authority. If you want to get some authority, some power in your life, first you need to put yourself under authority. Then God will put you over the thing you want to be over. But it requires us to be under authority. we got to get past this moment of, just wanting to know God when we need Him or when it's good for us, to ha- inviting Him into every part of our lives, being ready and prepared. If not, we can miss out on everything. Here's number five the next story Jesus told. He's, we need to be good stewards. Uh, Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. This uh, is from the Passion Translation. Jesus said, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a wealthy man who went on a long journey and summoned all of his trusted servants and assigned his financial management over to them. Before he left on his journey, he entrusted 5 bags, a bag of 5000 gold coins to one of his servants. Thank you Jesus. To another A bag of 2,000 gold coins, praise the Lord, and to a third, a bag of 1,000 gold coins, each according to his ability. Now, I've preached this message before, this passage of scripture. I've heard it preached thousands of times. And as I was preparing this week, the Lord spoke to me. He said, You skipped over two important words. Okay, what are those? He said, This. He said, He summoned all of his trusted servants. So these weren't random people that he was testing to see if they were good enough. These were trusted servants. The master, that means he already knew them. He had already seen what they could do. Because then he says he assigned to them talents or gold to manage according to their ability. So he'd already seen them in action. He'd already uh, identified their ability, what they could manage. Isn't that interesting? Sometimes we're like, well, I'm not, I didn't get five talents. I only got two. Like the, the amount that the, that the people received only matters on this side of the story. It only matters which one got five, two, and one when we allow greed and jealousy and comparison and all that. The master didn't care how much each was given, but he gave according to what their abilities were. So what if instead of just being jealous or complaining about so-and-so or I could do better than them or whatever, I wish I had what they had, we just began to grow in our abilities to do what God has called us to do? What if we just began to learn to be a better steward of what God has entrusted to us? Come on. They're trusted servants. Are you a trusted servant? So Jesus goes on. We know the rest of the story. They were each giving something to manage. They weren't giving something to own. What God has given to you, he hasn't given for you to own. He's given it to you to manage, to take care of, to invest on his behalf. So the one with five went out, invested it, doubled the money. That's a good return, right? He, he brought back 10 to the master. The one who was given two went out, invested it, it brought the same return, doubled it, brought back four. I don't know if you've got a uh, double your investment, but I would take that if that was me. What's interesting in the story is that the, the one who doubled it to 10 and the one who doubled it to four both got the same reward. They didn't both bring the same amount back to the master. I mean, the one guy brought 10. That's more than double of what the other guy brought back, but they both got the same reward. Look at what he said. He said, verse 23, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's inheritance masters happiness right it wasn't what they were giving that mattered it was what they did how well they took care of what was entrusted to them that's my prayer for each and every one of us that we would hear those words when we stand before Christ in heaven that day that we would hear those words well done good and faithful servant Man, that's my desire my hope for you that we're going to give an account for what we've done with our lives right um the reward wasn't based on how good they were. It was, it was, their reward was based on how they managed, invested what they were given, not according to their desires, but according to their master's desires for his glory. So are we investing our lives, our time, our treasure, our resources for our glory or for God's glory? And according to Jesus, if you want to be a good steward, it's investing what God has entrusted us for God's glory. Look at what the one. What about the guy who was just given one bag of gold? I mean, if someone gave me one bag of gold, that would be a good day. Anybody be sad about that? No, we would all be happy about that. This guy, he was afraid. It says that he buried the bag of gold in the ground and brought back the same thing to the master that he was given. He didn't do anything with it. He was only concerned with how it would affect him. And the master called him a wicked and lazy servant. And it says he cast him out into utter darkness, separation from God. What we do with what we have matters a whole lot to God. God has Listen, God has entrusted us with so much. If you live in America, God has entrusted a lot to you. Time, energy, money, resource, joy, peace, forgiveness, healing, prosperity, blessing, anointing, power. Do I need to go on? Come on. You've been given a lot. You've been entrusted with a lot. Are we being good stewards according to the master's priorities Or ours. If we want to be a good steward, it will take a risk of stepping out in faith to use what God has entrusted us to bring honor and glory to him. Here's the last one today. If we want to live ready for Jesus to return, we need to be about the Father's business. We can do a lot of things in life, but the only things that really matter are the things that affect eternity. Jesus would tell us his fourth parable, Matthew chapter 25, verse 31. It says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory. So there it is again, the promise of his return, the day that Jesus comes back. So we see it's still all tied together. All of these are about living ready for Jesus' return. When he comes back in all of his glory and all of his angels with him. Come on, I don't know how many angels there are, but there are trillions upon trillions of them. He says he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him. And he will separate people one from another as the shepherds separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. And he's not gonna separate them based on the color of their skin. He's not gonna separate them based on their background or did they, how many prayers they said. He's not gonna separate them on how many good things they've done. What is he gonna separate them based upon? He, said, he says to those on his right, to the sheep, come you who are blessed by my father, Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the world began. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Look what Jesus. Look what the response will be. The reward will be for those who live this way. Verse forty. He says, the king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of these least brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Sounds a whole lot like when Paul would write to the church, he said, whatever you do, do for the glory of God. Do it as unto the Lord, right? This is what it means to be about the father's business, that our lives would prioritize the things that are priority to him according to his priorities. And yes, it's caring for people in the church, but it's also caring for people outside of the church. Jesus made it clear throughout his life it's not one or the other, it's both. He said, hey, look out for each other. Carry each other's burdens. Like genuinely care about people. Uh, like feed one another naturally, spiritually. Help people who are thirsty. Give them a drink. Another way to say like, hey, how, how am I just supposed to pass out bottles of water? maybe. But, you know, quench thirst, meet a need. What are people's needs? Satisfy a need. Welcome people into the family of God. That's why I love our hospitality team out there. When you walk in, out of the parking lot, waving, helping making sure that people feel welcome in this place because this is a joyful place to be, a welcoming place because no one is too far for God's grace to be available in your life. It's never too far. It's never too late with God. That's why we're going to be the friendliest church in all of Central Florida so that anyone who who feels like there's even a chance has the ability to come in to satisfy a need. He says to those who are sick and in prison. That's why Jesus said, you'll lay hands on the sick and see them recover. I believe that naturally that we will be we will be able to pray for people who are sick and see healing come into their lives. But it's not just the sick in the body, but it's the sick in the soul, sickness of mind. I mean, people talk about mental health. And when was the last time we spoke life into somebody, stopped to pray for somebody that needed mental health help, right? To be, help their minds to be renewed. It's helping the physically sick, those who are in prison, those, you know, uh, physically in prison. But so many people are walking around in a prison and they're not in jail. They're bound up in fear. They're bound up in addictions. They're bound up in in hate. They're bound up in unforgiveness. They're bound up in greed. And God has anointed us to go around and be the ones to be about his business so that we could bring freedom, so that we could bring life. Aren't you glad he did it for you? He didn't do it for you so it would stop with you. It's a, it's a passing on of the anointing so that someone else could experience the goodness and the freedom that you have. That's what it means to be about the Father's business. In fact, that's why God put his spirit inside of you. Let's get to our feet today. I want to read a passage of scripture. One of my favorite passages of scriptures is found in Isaiah chapter 61. Um, Jesus actually read this, it was a prophecy about Jesus, but I believe it's a prophetic word about us. And so I'm gonna read it about you today. And I want you to just receive this revelation from the from your heavenly Father this morning, reminding you of who you are, reminding you of why he's given you the Holy Spirit, reminding you of why he's allowed you in these kind of moments to be strengthened, to be empowered, Here's what he says, Isaiah 61. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on you because he has anointed you to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent you to bind up the brokenhearted to heal those who are broken, to proclaim freedom for the captives. He sent you to release from darkness the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor the, for those who feel like they're not good enough, the day of vengeance of our God. He sent you to comfort all who mourn, those who are downcast, to provide for those who are grieving. He's sending you to bestow on them a crown of a beauty instead of ashes, the, joy, the oil of joy and joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise, instead of a spirit of despair. This is what God has called you to do. We've just got to realize sometimes to get out of our own pit, it's going to require us helping somebody else get out of the pit. That's the fastest, best way I know to tell you. If you need to overcome some despair, find somebody around you who has it a little worse off and just help them rise up another level. Find somebody else who's broken a little bit more than you and just comfort them. Just pray healing in their life. Help them to receive the love of Jesus in their life I'm telling you what there'll be healing flow into your own life let's just begin to pray in this place today man I sense God moving all across the room Lord I thank you that you're here right now pouring your spirit out on your people come on if you need to receive this anointing today maybe you're just understanding this revelation is new that God has anointed you he's called you to live separate that you're not common anymore you're being awakened in your spirit something is stirring inside of you maybe you've been living in some common things and today God is just calling you son daughter come on I have so much better for you I've set you apart from those things that seek to hold you captive maybe you just maybe you're here today and you just realize like man I've just I haven't been living ready for Jesus to return at all maybe you haven't been faithful and wise maybe you 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 haven't been a good steward maybe you haven't been alert to it or maybe you you've been about your own business but you haven't been about the father's business god in his grace and his mercy is just calling to you say hey let's get ready he is coming soon we can't afford to be caught off guard maybe you're here and you're saying that's me today in one of those areas, saying, Pastor, will you pray for me? I, I need to start living ready in one of these areas. Would you just lift your hands all over the room saying, I'm, I'm going to start living ready for Jesus' return? Thank you. I see those. Lord, I thank you that even right now, moving in your sons and daughters, Lord God, helping us, Lord God, that we could walk free from the things that have sought to keep us captive, Lord God. I thank you just for the spirit of holiness, of set apartness coming on your people, Lord God, that we don't have to be the same as everybody else, that we can choose to look a little different, to talk a little different, to sound a little different, because we are carriers of your anointing. Lord, I thank you for that. I thank you, Lord God, those that have felt like they weren't good enough to be your voice, that they that they didn't know enough, Lord God, to help those who are in despair or those who are broken. I just thank you that 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 is being broken off of your life today. You are the one God has called. You are the one God has anointed and put his spirit in for this time to help people in your life be ready for the return of Jesus. So, Lord, I thank you for moving in us in deep ways today that we would not leave this place the same. But today, God, we would leave this place ready for your return. Lord God that we would we would live alert paying attention prepared for you to come back that we would be those who use our lives use our voices to share with those around us Lord God to help others to know that they need to be ready for Jesus to return to share your love with them so that they could come to know you so I thank you for your anointing filling us up in this place today maybe you're here in the house you say pastor that's good but if you're really honest you're at that first starting point where you're not ready for jesus to come back at all could be that you don't know him you you've known the church things you know the bible stories you know a couple things and you've tried to be a good person but really none of us could ever be good enough on our own to be able to come to god we couldn't that's why jesus came There was a problem, sin was in the way. And if you wanna pay for your own sin, you can, but sin is only paid for with death. And if you die without Jesus to pay for your sins, man, it's eternal separation from God. But Jesus came, he died on a cross, he was risen from the grave, resurrected so that you could have this opportunity right now to be able to give him your life, to say, Jesus, I need you, I can't do this. will you be the Lord of my life? If you're willing to say Jesus is the Lord of your life and believe in his death and resurrection, the Bible teaches us, man, that in that moment you are made brand new that's the only way the only way to God is through Jesus it's the only way and today if you say I need to give my life to God I need to get right with him or maybe you need to give Jesus your life the first time or you need to come back to him because you've known him in the past that you've walked away today is your day and just right where you are no one's gonna embarrass you or call you out but you're saying pastor that's me I can give my life to Jesus today would you just lift your hands all over the room and say that's me I'm giving my life to Jesus today All right, thank you. Can we pray out loud, church, all together with those that are making this prayer their own so that no one is praying alone? Would you repeat after me today, Heavenly Father? Thank you for loving me, for sending Jesus to die in my place. Today, I confess, Jesus is my Savior. Thank you for making me new and filling me with your Spirit so that I could live for you. Come on, let's rejoice a little bit. Let's make a little bit of noise. If Jesus has made you new, come on, thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. You're so good, God. Thank you, God. Are y'all ready? Come on, Jesus is coming back. We're gonna live ready every day. Come on, so before we head out of here today, let's take a moment to rejoice, to thank Jesus for setting us free. He's made us free, amen. Let's sing and worship today. No weapon formed against me will overcome. The enemy is defeated. Jesus has won. From the front to the back, sing it out. No weapon formed against me will overcome. The enemy is defeated. Jesus, Jesus has won. Come on, just sing it out.